podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. After four and a half years of build-up, 11 days of competition will come to an end with a closing ceremony at the Alexander Stadium that will need to be something really spectacular to rival the opening. The games remain special. Many standout moments that we'll reflect on here on Brum's The Word from Anything But Footy. I'm Michael. And I'm John. And as we round up these Birmingham 2022 Commonwealth Games, we'll hear from gold medalists, silver medalists, bronze medalists, and ask if this is a launching pad for some sports in the UK. For me, just the one place to start, and that is hockey and the gold medal for Team England's women at the University of Birmingham. What a wonderful final against Australia. 2-1 was the final score. And especially for me on a day that saw England lose bronze medal matches in cricket at Edgebaston and netball at the NEC, it was the hockey that really provided that golden moment. And afterwards, I spoke to a delighted captain, Holly Pernweb. Well, congratulations. What does it mean for you? And it's bigger than you because it's the team, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, me personally, I got a silver eight years ago in Glasgow, so close. Uh, bronze four years ago, and so gold is the one that myself and a few of the others in the team were, were missing and were desperately wanted. And then as a squad, it's a relatively New England squad, came together earlier on this year obviously on the back of a delayed Olympics and a few of the girls had a break so we haven't been together that long um, new girls obviously joined us made a huge difference um, and I just think it's just so exciting the next two years when the Scotch and the Welsh join us as well GB women's hockey I think it's just hugely exciting for us what we've been able to achieve here against some of the best teams in the world um, just really pleased for everybody everyone played their part everyone did their role every single member of our squad the girls back home the girls that were injured back home that are watching us and supporting us it's just every single member of our squad this is achieved by every one of them on pushback on day one did you think this team this squad this group is capable of going all the way so we just came on the back of a world cup a couple of weeks ago um where result didn't go our way but performance wise we were up there so we knew we were capable of achieving a gold medal and we set that out and we put that on top shelf and then we just spoke about the processes and taking every game by game and yeah, first game was against Ghana and we knew we had to do a job there and that would be different. And I think with the Commonwealth Games, every game is so different. Every opposition plays very differently and so we had to adapt every, dif- every, every game and just build that momentum. And I think a huge thing that we've done incredibly well this tournament is our team defence. I'm not talking just about our back line, it's our, it's our whole team. And I think we conceded two goals in the whole tournament, both corner goals, no open play goals. And I think that's been a huge step for us as a squad and hopefully now form part of our identity as we move forward over the next two years with the GB squad. I know you guys are so analytical. You talk about process one game at a time. Let's talk about emotion. (laughs) What did it feel like at the end? (laughs) So we're not allowed to necessarily feel... uh, I'm not allowed to feel emotion in the moment. I've got a job to do and I try and, as you say, stick to our processes. But yeah, with uh, two minutes to go, you heard the crowd start singing Hockey's Coming Home and I started thinking oh my gosh, we're too off. It it might be, you know, but had to keep our cool two minutes and obviously they pulled one back. Um, So it's only when that final whistle goes that you are allowed to feel emotion and it's just absolutely unbelievable and I just can't wait to get over there and celebrate with our family and friends. And the Lionesses, obviously, seven days ago, it was their day. Today, very much your day. But were you inspired by what they've done? Yeah, absolutely. We watched it as a team in the village last week, their final, hugely inspirational. I just feel so honoured to be part of the whole women team sport movement that's going on in this country right now and 
just showing the potential and the excitement that women's sport we can do and you know you put it on tv and people will watch it and you put it in big stadiums and people will watch it and the lioness has proved that and i'm just so glad that we could do the same here and and kind of join that movement so hugely inspirational for us and i reckon michael you are the lucky charm for england women's hockey you were there for great britain when they won the first gold in the Olympics in Rio in 2016. We had to interview them by the bins after their uh, gold medal uh, success. And then you were there again when England won the first Commonwealth gold medal. Australia had won it five times previously. The sixth time was England's history was remade. And as we heard there, you were doing an interview with someone by the pitch rather than by the bins. This is Brum's The Word from Anything But Footy. We're rounding up the Birmingham 2022 Commonwealth Games. And Matty Lee is getting used to gold medals in world-class diving competitions. The Olympic champion with Tom Daly won his first Commonwealth medal in the 10-metre synchro with Noah Williams, the 2018 silver medalist. Well, congratulations. Where does this gold and the achievement tonight rank for you? Um, it's it's pretty damn up there. It's only slightly behind the Olympic gold for me because that was something that was something else. Just doing that in front of a home crowd that you don't get that often. Like you, we probably won't get that again. And we're so lucky to have actually been able to compete in front of a home crowd and it was packed. And the noise they made was insane. Um, and like the pressure, you you forget about the pressure that that creates. Uh, but just like me and Noah, obviously we managed it. It wasn't easy at all. We had a few thing upsets in in the comp um but it i mean we ended up on top and that's exactly what we came here to do yeah no tell us the upsets you were both suffering for from some cramp yeah and um, we both we both got cramp after the second round yeah. then matty's i think gradually got, better, got better and yeah. like he was okay mine gradually was getting worse and worse and uh, i was really struggling to walk and i mean if that was like you know any different event and it was a really small competition I'd probably just be like oh no call it a day but because it was the Commonwealth Games and it was a home crowd I didn't want to let Matty down or the team down and we, we managed it really well Matty was able to keep a cool head and not like worry about me too much which is, I think is more impressive than me diving through the pain but um, you know sometimes things don't go to plan but we managed to still come out with a win so it's all good there must have been a bit of pressure on you because you're coming in to replace someone that everyone knows Tom Daly so what do you feel you've achieved with Matty here tonight, with that pressure behind you? Uh, I think we've achieved something really big, not just at the Commonwealth Games, at the World Championships we came second, which was the best ever result in Team GB's history. Um, but today, in front of a home crowd, you know, replacing Tom Daly and still coming away with a win is really big. But um, obviously there's pressures with that, but I actually think there's more pressure on Matty because now Tom's gone, he's the one that everyone knows. So big respect to him for you know, dealing with that pressure really well. Yeah, do you feel like the target is on your back a little bit because you are an Olympic champion? Yeah, most definitely. Um, even though I'd still I'd rank Noah probably higher than me. He's a very very good diver. Uh, individually, I haven't done like in synchro. Yeah, like obviously I've come off the back end of doing gold uh, a gold with Tom at the Olympics. But in in the individual, like Noah is a a more successful diver than me. So that's a new thing for me, individual. So. But that, we're the, the two best in the country, and that's why we're together, and I, and, I, and I love that. And I love diving with Noah, um, I love competing with him. Matty and Noah Williams and Matty also grabbed bronze in the individual 10-metre platform. Jack Law carried the England flag for the opening ceremony, and arguably with two more golds and a bronze at Birmingham 2022, the diver could have been chosen for the closing ceremony too. He's been telling Michael how he's now focused on the Paris Olympics and even a fifth Olympics 
in LA. How do you look back on that return? Two goals, and I guess the bronze as well in the final event. Really happy about that one as well. Yeah, really happy with all of them um, for a multitude of reasons. Um, two golds is obviously fantastic. And I, yes, of course, I was hunting for that third gold. And I was on track to, to potentially win it as well with just a, a mistake on the fifth dive. Um, but I think what's so special about the bronze is that I've you know, overcame quite a lot from the morning with a failed dive in the preliminaries. Um, to come back with, with fight um, and ambition to go out there and get a medal um, was massive. So I'm really proud of myself for turning it around so quickly. And the success of England diving this week as well and being part of like a one two three podium you don't see that very often in multi-sport games do you no you very rarely see that you know it's obviously a massive historic moment for team england um to have a one two three podium um of course i would love to be on the top but if i'm going to lose out to anybody then i want it to be my teammates you know those guys have worked so hard um to get to where they are and they deserve everything they have achieved um you know some fantastic achievements and great performances yesterday Uh, and to be a part of that historic moment is just fantastic You must love the Commonwealth Games. You've got a whole heap of medals and obviously appearances dating back to 2010. Yeah, of course, my fourth Commonwealth Games. Um, I'm really, really proud of my achievements. You know, when I look back from the 15-year-old boy back in Delhi in 2010 to what I am now, um, obviously things have changed quite a lot. But, you know, the Commonwealth Games gives people that are slightly less experienced um, because of the amount of people that we can have, it gives you the opportunity to compete. You know, when I was 15, I was was the third spot. Um, There's no doubt about that. But that experience made me who I am today um, and I'm so grateful that the Commonwealth Games exists and that I can compete in it and of course I enjoy competing I you know there's nothing better than winning medals especially in front of a home crowd and you'd mentioned as well your sort of family connections to Sanwell to mother and your grandmother who you lost relatively recently and I guess you, you were out there doing it for her yeah I mean I'm out there doing it for for everybody that's been involved in my career um, but especially my, my grandma you know she is from this area from the West Midlands um, lived in, in Sedgley um, my mum was raised here as well, learnt to swim in, in the Samwell area, actually, I think. So it's, uh, you know, I've obviously got some, some massive family ties to here. Um, my grandma was always extremely supportive of everything that I've done. And she's always been very proud of her grandson. And, you know, having her not being here to be able to see it is obviously extremely sad. Um, but I know that she'd be extremely proud of me as well. Um, and, you know, I think that I always compete and I'm always doing it for myself. I'm always doing it for everybody that's helped me get here. My physios, my coaches, my friends, family, everybody involved in my journey. Because it's not just me that's on the journey, it's everybody as well. And you must be extremely proud of yourself. Yeah, of course I am. Yeah, I mean, I think I'll hopefully get the time soon to be able to look back and enjoy the moment. But, you know, it's been three days of intense competition and to be honest with you, I'm pretty emotionally drained right now. Um, Ready to just take a little bit of a breather and a little relax and then regroup myself for the European Championships coming up soon. Do you have any kind of long-term plan now? Are you looking at Paris? Are you looking beyond? Have you started thinking about what comes next after diving? Um, I mean, yeah, I'm looking at Paris. That's the, the things that I've, I've really got my sights set on right now. You know, I've started that new partnership with Anthony and I'd really like to explore and see how far that can go because it's a truly fantastic partnership um, with a great guy who's, um, you know, really, really happy and excited to be part of the team. Finally, he's got his opportunity and he's doing absolutely amazingly with it. Um, so Paris is definitely in my sights and realist. I'd like to go on to see if I could do LA as well. Um, you know, as long as my body and mind holds up and I'm still in a good position, still enjoying my diving, then I'd love to do five of each. Um, that's really my goal is to do five Commonwealths, five Olympics. Um, but, you know, there's no pressure on that. I just want to take every day as it comes. I just want to make sure I continue enjoying my diving because that's the main important thing. Well, the diving team's success, Andreas Bellini, Syriex, Lois Tolson, Daniel Goodfellow, all winning medals as well, followed on from the swimming team coming second behind Australia in the swimming medals table. Jane Nickerson is the CEO of Swim England 
And as well as celebrating the success, she's told Michael the sport needs more support in the current cost of living crisis. Oh, it's wonderful. And the atmosphere is just electric. The roof comes off every time an English swimmer or diver stands on the block with a board. It's absolutely fantastic. And to hear the anthem played, see the faces of athletes sketching the flag around their neck, it's wonderful. So tell me from a Swim England point of view how that elite success, those medal moments, feed into the work that you and your organisation is doing. It feeds in in many, many ways. On the talent pathway, it's really important. And all these kids that have dived today have come through our English talent programme, and that's really important. And they're giving back to it. You find Jack will go to the camps, and he will inspire the next generation coming through. And that's wonderful to see. So that's really important. But also it, it inspires the kid down the road who's not even thought about it. He's probably just learnt to swim, now sees these great role models, sees these people up there and thinks, I can be like that. That's me. And in terms of this facility, the Samuel Aquatic Centre, all eyes on here watching elite Commonwealth Games swimming and diving. But after the Games, what happens to this venue? It's going to be fantastic for this community. It's built in the middle of a housing estate, which brings its little challenges for the Games, but perfect for legacy mode, absolutely perfect. It'll be left with 1,000 seats, where the temporary seats are, there'll be courts and gyms and things like that for the local community. There'll be a studio pool, as well as the main pool and the diving pit. So for the community, it'll be fantastic for learn to swim, for swimming development, for health and well-being, fitness. But also, it's a great, absolutely great diving facility for us as a national diving area. And Adam Peaty was talking recently about the challenges facing the swim sector at the minute because swimming pools and leisure centres are not cheap to run and we know that prices, cost of living crisis, everything is going up. So how much of a challenge is there for your sector in the future? It's a real worry. We could lose swimming pools that they'll have to close because of energy. The whole of leisure in the UK, sorry, in England, used to cost 500 million to in energy costs. That's now gone to 1.2 billion pound without the next price increase and then the next price increase. They won't be able to afford to heat them. We have to find new ways of heating them. We know that, but you can't do that overnight. We have asked government to help. They helped on COVID. We need them to help again now and not waste that money going over by shutting the doors now. But I also think the energy companies need to help they're reporting vast profits don't lower the prices but give some of that money back as grants through corporate social responsibility and keep the pools open for 12 months wouldn't that make them look great in the eyes of the public because you face that covid battle and we heard and we knew how important gyms were for people swimming pools were for people that leisure that mental health that well-being physical health and well-being as well so having come through that challenge what is your message now with this one so my message is please don't waste the money that you spent on covid keeping the pools open because we save the nhs and social care system 357 million pound every year on just six health conditions just from the swimming pool so please don't put that pressure back on the nhs by shutting the pools keep them open and let us get the nation fit active healthy and also the mental health Jane Nickerson, the CEO of Swim England there. And I think aside from her obvious delight in what Adam Peaty and Jack Law and the swimmers and the divers did for Team England, she makes some really important points there. I know that a few of us were questioning the the placement, the location of the Samwell Aquatic Centre. We were wondering why on earth it was put out there, if you like. And whilst it's been, you know, slightly inconvenient as far as being a major games venue is concerned, she's absolutely right. Build it in the middle of a housing estate 
and people will come and people will come and swim and dive and it will be a multi-purpose leisure centre. It will not be a white elephant for the West Midlands region and that is what you want when you take on the hosting of these games. That L word, legacy, you want a genuine legacy and the Samuel Aquatic Centre, the Samuel Leisure Centre as it will probably become, that is a genuine legacy. But the other point is even more serious. With the cost of living crisis, with the energy bills going up, what we need from regional authorities, what we need from government, is for them to support facilities like the Samwell Aquatic Centre. Supported through COVID, and I think the figure there, Jane, was quoting nearly £350 million savings for the NHS by keeping people in this country fit and healthy. And leisure centre swimming pools are expensive to run. So, you know, they do need some backing because the savings down the line for the National Health Service are obvious. Well, like the swimming pool, Australia finished top of the medal table in the athletics too. England won more medals, but not as many golds. Matthew Hudson-Smith, Daryl Nita, Victoria Harugu, women's 4x100m relay, all came slightly short on the track, as did Keely Hodgkinson, the Olympic and World Championship silver medalist. We'll hear from the Commonwealth 800m silver medalist in a mo as well. After Scotland's 1500m world champion and bronze medalist here in Birmingham, Jake Whiteman. And first of all, just you know, your thoughts, reflections on the medal. Yeah, it's it's something. It's not what I wanted. Uh, I felt as though I wanted to come in here and really prove that I was worthy of being world champion and doing this. But it, it was it was all I could do today. I gave it a go to win it, and it's a tough turnaround to come back from Worlds and feel like you want to get racing again. I think there's a lot of people that had something to prove, and I didn't really have that much. But it was more just like the pressure of trying to live up to what I have done. Um, I'm just glad that one of us from Scotland could get something to kind of show that Scottish middle distance running right now is in a great place. Um, shame we couldn't get two of us on a podium, potentially three, because we're all running well enough too. But yeah, it's, it's just the weirdest season we'll ever have. So to get a world win and then a bronze at Commies again is, is like a decent season still. You hit the front with about 2.50 to go. What's yeah. going through the head then? Then what's going through the legs? I want to win it. Like That was the thing that was going through the head and... I was just a different feel this time. I knew that it wasn't quite as strong and I wasn't quite as as ready to sort of hit the front at that point because it just felt a lot tougher. Um, it's a dangerous position to be in because you leave yourself pretty vulnerable in the home straight, which I was I was a lot more vulnerable there than I was at Worlds and I was glad to hang on to a bronze because I felt like people were coming to try and get medals from me. How's life been since the Worlds for you? Yeah, it was, it was a bit of a mad couple of days and I tried to shut it down, but it's definitely been a lot more pressure than before, which is something I have to deal with a little bit more now, but... I felt as though that was the hardest race I'll probably ever have. Um, honestly, like mentally, I don't think it'll be tougher than that. So to come through and get something, I'm, I'm pretty proud that I managed to do with it all right. Hello, Keely. How are you? Um, it was all right. I would have really liked to come over the goal. That was the aim of today's, today's run. Unfortunately, Mary had more than mid sent last 100. Um, and just it's what it is. I gave it everything, so I can't complain too much, but I am pretty good. What can you recall about the, the race and the way it went for you? Um, it definitely was, I thought it might have been slower than that. First lap really got a shift on, so I was just about trying to be patient. I think maybe if I was doing things differently, I could have been a bit more patient on the first lap and had a bit more left in the last 100, but fortunately that didn't happen today. Um, yeah, the crowd was amazing though, and it's nice to have their support. It's sort of an even nicer to come out on top. I spoke to Jake Whiteman this morning. He said he probably didn't realise until today how much the Oregon experience took out of him. Do you experience that as well? Any sympathy with that thought? Um, not particularly. I think Jake was on a much bigger high <laughs> becoming world champion. You know, that was absolutely incredible to watch. And the high from that would have been to come here and do the same event again. You know, I was quite inspired by his win this morning. He really put himself in a good position to try and win again. So that's really good. But yeah, I just trying to forget 
Oregon for now, something I'll look back at the end of the season and just try and focus on the present. Um, and that's why I'll do the same thing going into Europeans. Yeah, that's the third one of the three this summer. It was always going to be a busy summer, wasn't it? Desperate now to get a gold. Yes, definitely. Hopefully I can finish the season on top of a podium. Keely Hodgkinson and Jake Whiteman talking to Michael. But some medals mean just a little bit more for some people. What about Great Britain's Alistair Chalmers, who won Guernsey's first ever Athletics Commonwealth medal with a storming finish in the 400m hurdles final? Oh, it's a dream come true. I mean, to come away with a bronze medal at such a major championship at kind of my home games is extra special and the crowd were just incredible. I could hear them roaring in the back of my head, so I think that's why I uh, clawed at home. We've just been doing some research. First ever track and field medal for Guernsey. Only ever had medals in shooting and lawn bowls before. What does that mean to you? No, it's amazing to be the first, but I wouldn't be here without my coach and my family supporting me along the way. So it's been a long time coming. It's been a really, really long journey, but I'm still so young that hopefully I can just bound off of this and get better and better. And the people that say, what's the point of the Commonwealth Games? Why are countries and territories like Guernsey here? What would you say to them tonight? It's giving the small islands an opportunity to do something on the big stage and experience something different. I came uh, to the Gold Coast 2018, quite an amateur to be fair, but gave me that experience that nothing else would. So uh, getting that opportunity really made me kind of get a lot of aspirations for the future. And uh, look, I'm here now at the next Games and I've got a medal. So that just shows that it is important and it should go on. What's happening in Guernsey tonight, do you think? Oh, I don't know. Well, uh, probably a few big celebrations, maybe a statue being built. Uh, so, no, I just I love everyone from Guernsey. I mean, I love how I've kind of hopefully put them on the map a little bit and athletics is just getting better and better from the island. Two medals from Guernsey at these games. Open top bus tour? Yeah, honestly, I hope so. I mean, we'll see when we go back. Um, I've got the Europeans after this, so it's still all go. But, uh, yeah, I'll definitely be going back to Guernsey for a while. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Listen, I mentioned at the start that there's been some real special standout moments. For me, being in the stadium to see Ailish McColgan win, you know, her mother, Liz McColgan, was a Commonwealth Games champion. Ailish has won medals, never a gold medal at a major champs before. So to see her and the manner in which she did it in the stadium, roared on by that crowd. I know it wasn't exactly a home crowd, but I think everyone in the Alexander Stadium was roaring on Ailish McColgan that night. She's someone that we've seen at the night of the 10K PBs in Highgate running there. We've spoken to her many times at British Championships and Diamond League. She loves to compete. She loves to race. And she absolutely loved winning that gold medal. And great as well for Team Scotland that they have selected Ailish McColgan to carry the flag at their closing ceremony tonight. And, you know, lots of people have said to me this week, what's the point of the Commonwealth Games? Where is its place in the international sporting calendar? It's not an elite event, is it? Well, Ailish McColgan's 10,000 metres final wasn't an elite event. But that did, for me, not detract from the excitement, the entertainment, the drama. And likewise, Alistair Chambers of Guernsey. They've only ever won medals before in shooting and lawn bowls at the Commonwealth Games. And Alistair Chambers winning a bronze medal, the first ever track and field medal for Guernsey. So if you're asking the question, why have we got countries and territories like Guernsey and the Isle of Man in the Games? That was it. Alistair Chambers had the biggest smile I think I've seen all week winning that bronze medal for Guernsey. And that's that for me is what the Commonwealth Games was all about. Again, not a world-class event, not a world-class medal but a real standout moment of Birmingham 2022. Another success of these Commonwealth Games has been the integration with the para-athletes, although not as many from other nations turned up for the swimming and athletics as expected. But Liverpool's Jack Hunter-Spivey won para-table tennis gold. He combines his love of sport with stand-up comedy. 
it means absolutely everything to win the gold at home games in Birmingham. This is what you dream of as a young kid, that 10-year-old kid that started in a youth club uh, playing the sport. To win a gold medal in front of not only a home crowd, but my friend and family as well, it's an, an absolute dream come true. It just still feels like a dream to me. How's Birmingham done with these games? I think it's been amazing. I think it's absolutely been incredible. Uh, the support we've received, especially after COVID, we weren't too sure about the crowd levels and what it would be like, but the, co- the whole country's got behind us, in the stadiums, on social media, everything like that. The backing that we've had has been amazing, really, and I'm so thankful to everyone who's come down and supported. Because in a different world, we might have been in Liverpool, yeah. and I know that you're very well, well aware of yeah. that. Yeah, definitely. I was running the ambassadors for the Liverpool bid, so hopefully that can be in the future. Uh, you can't have the games in the greatest city in the world all the time, can you? So maybe next game, games you can have it in Liverpool. So uh, that would be amazing. But yeah, I'd say home games, it was, it was an incredible feeling. In all seriousness, I think what Birmingham has shown, what Glasgow showed in 2014 and, and Manchester even before that, is that cities of the size, stature of Liverpool should look at hosting something like this. It would be a good thing for the city. Definitely, yeah. I think having the games in a particular city does boost the city massively. I think it boosts the country, the morale of the country, getting people involved in sport. And I think just watching sport at a grassroots level to an elite level can help people so much. I've been lucky enough to be helped and supported by my friends and family, by UK Sport, by lottery funding. And now I'm in a position I am today. Sport has given me so much more than just medals. It's changed me as a person. It's been something... I've grew up looking forward to and, and it's given me that anchor in my life that I never had and I would just involve anybody that they can in sport and yeah, definitely bring it back into England so I want to do this again. Have you just been totally focused on what you're doing or have you been aware of the, the buzz and how much people have been enjoying these games? I've tried to stay in a bit of a bubble, really. My coach, uh, Andrew Rushton, he's been amazing. He won a gold medal in, in the in the Commonwealth Games before and he sort of said, look, I've been in this position before. Keep yourself in your own little bubble. So it's been incredible. I've watched them on the TV and the, the support I've had online and, and in person has been incredible. But I've tried to keep my own little bubble, tried to get every match at a time. Every match was a final for me and, and luckily enough we got, got the job done and now I can enjoy it and now I can see what I'm doing in the, in the future. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the future. Enjoy it for the moment. Yeah. Night out tonight, maybe. Closing ceremony, then what? Uh, well, I've got two weeks off training. Uh, I'm going to eat all the junk food I can physically find uh, at the moment. So uh, just eat, shout out, because I'll, be, uh, I'll be straight on the, uh, on the old app. But no, I think I'm just going to take some time to rest, recuperate, spend some time with my friends and family. And then uh, on to the World Championships, end of the year. Uh, we're going to see if we can get a medal there. And then on to Paris 2024 in the Paralympics and, and hopefully recreate what I've done here in Birmingham and bring home some more medals. Comedy career? Yeah, hopefully now I've got a bit of a platform. I'll be earning a few bar from the comedy. So if there's any comedy promoters out there, book me some gigs. If you want a mediocre comedian in a wheelchair, you can give me a shout. But uh, no, I'm enjoying the comedy. The comedy is amazing for me. Just to have that extra outlet of, of doing something on the side for my table tennis and finding a joy in life. It's letting me look on the bright side of life all the time, trying to find material and stuff. And there's been plenty of funny moments in the village with the, with the Team England squad. So hopefully they'll see me on the comedy circuit soon. And uh, I'll be back gigging in the next two weeks as well, definitely. Can I give you one piece of advice? Yeah. When you go on your arena tour in the day, don't call yourself mediocre comedian in a wheelchair. (laughs) Yeah, maybe it's not as catchy as Lost Voice Guy, is it? Maybe I'll have to get a better catch line. (laughs) Congratulations, well done. Thank you very much. Cheers. Jack Hunter Spivey. It seems a long time ago since I was having heart palpitations, literally, for the finals of the 3x3 basketball, where England won gold in the men's, silver in the women's, losing out in the last hundredths of a second and two bronzes in the wheelchair basketball. Michael caught up with Shanice Beckford-Norton after their silver success. 3x3 basketball, 
it is the new craze. It's what everyone in Birmingham is talking about. That must really please you. Yeah, to be honest, like it's very new to us as a team. It's very new to the England team. But it's amazing how many people have said, oh, this is the first time I've watched this sport and I absolutely love it. You, you guys are doing so well. And people are just were just so excited throughout the whole of the games to watch us perform. And crowds uh, were flooding in and the stadium was filled. It was just amazing to see how uh, pumped people were to watch us play every game. Two things, I think. One, you were successful and playing well and it's exciting. And two, it's accessible, isn't it? Because most people can access somewhere in their locality half a court and a hoop. Yeah, to be honest, people, most people have probably played without knowing, just probably not played with as much structure as we do at this level. But yeah, it, it can be played anywhere. You don't, you don't need that many people to play, only six people. And... Um, I think like once people get to know the rules and stuff like that, it can be much more fun and much more exciting. Did you get that buzz off the crowd as the competition was unfolding and you were getting closer to those medal matches? Yes, to be honest, it was, it was electric from the beginning, from the first game that we played and opening up in the games. Um, but that, yeah, that definitely got better and better as, as the game went on and as the tournament went on and as we were progressing and doing well and we were showing people the talent that we had on our team and that we have on our team. Um, yeah, it was amazing. Like as we're running out and people are cheering and yelling and screaming, and you have like people asking us to take pictures and stuff like that after games. It's it's a fantastic atmosphere. Yeah, the setting was good, wasn't it? Because there's you guys and there's the beach volleyball guys. And you've got that little park with all the pink picnic yeah, benches yeah. around. And I noticed on social media loads of people sharing pictures with the likes of you, with the Bello brothers um, from the, the beach volleyball as well. That must be really good, exciting to come out a real buzz after your match to have that. Yeah, it is. There's how how much they're behind us in this. Um, I'm sure, like they don't know how new it is to us. But there, there's that element of these teams don't expect us to do well. So we we kind of have that that in the back of our minds. But then we have so many people supporting us. All we can do is give everything we can. Like these people are so excited to see us, and so excited to be involved in what we're doing. It's there's there's no way that we can be down about anything. It's fantastic result we had and we owe it to the fans and to the crowd and everyone that was there even watching from home you're the one with the medal so it's not for me to say that you're wrong and I'm right but you said it's over I've said it's just the beginning no you're definitely right it's just the beginning I mean this is the first time 3x3 has been in the Commonwealth and for us to come out with the silver and the guys to come out with the gold is such a fantastic result and we're already seeing um we're already seeing how much it's impacted the community boss for England are, are putting up um, are going to work to put up courts and make more spaces available in Birmingham following the games and I'm sure in all other places around the UK and London as well there, there's going to be more people wanting to get involved so we're going to have to do a better job of providing them those spaces and those resources to get them involved but yes yeah, you're right it's definitely just the beginning community involvement an elite sport sometimes doesn't always go necessarily hand in hand would you prefer one or the other, or does one feed the other? Um, I think elite sport feeds community sport um, because it, sh- it shows people the journey and um, the destination as well and where they can end up if they do want to commit um, or even if they just want to have fun. You, you still get to have that element and see what can be done if, if you do play at an elite level. And then for us um, to be able to do this, we're, we're providing and... You know, just all the hard work and dedication. I think it's great for people to be impacted by that. And then we're able, we're now in a position and on this stage to be able to give back wherever possible. So what's next? Where does this journey lead for you? 
well i'm gonna be getting ready for my 515 season soon um and then we'll have to see we'll have to see uh there's of course there's like there's euro cup every summer and it'll be down to basketball england whether they want to still continue with that but um Hopefully next Commonwealth, 3X3 is included as well because I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun to be involved in that again and we're definitely going to be coming for that gold again. I was going to say see you in Australia but I'm pretty certain we'll be speaking to you before then because it really has taken off this sport. Well done. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Now, Miles Hessen, one of the men's Commonwealth Games champions, said afterwards that he played basketball in every corner of Birmingham, just around the corner where he caught the bus into town. Grandparents brought him to the market. He's from Birmingham, and this means so much. And I wonder whether 3x3 really could make a difference to sport in this country. Look, it's relevant. It's relevant to people who are living their lives. You can play basketball, whether it's 3x3 or just shooting hoops in your back garden. Like football, like running, if you have a ball... You can just do it. Look, I get the glamour of beach volleyball. Horse guards at London 2012. The Eiffel Tower in Paris for 2024 in the Olympics. And I'm look, I'm so pleased for the Bellow brothers winning the first ever beach volleyball medal for England with a bronze at these games at the glorious setting of the Smithfield Market where the basketball was. But you can't play it by just going outside. Not everyone has a beach outside. Not everyone has sand outside. Not everyone can play volleyball. But you can play basketball, whether it's by yourself or with friends. So look, all the talk of the Lionesses in the last few weeks, it's been excellent. It's a heck of an achievement. But we are anything but football. So listen up. I believe this is an opportunity for basketball in this country to make a difference for the sport of basketball, but also for the youth of this country. So there we go. My time in Brum is nearly done. It's been absolutely brilliant on a personal note just to be back in the city that I called home between 1997 and 2000. I remember when I lived here, I never would have dreamed that one day Birmingham would host a major multi-sport event, something like the Commonwealth Games. And a Commonwealth Games that's been good enough and been enjoyed enough in this city that they have realistic, real ambitions now to go one better. They are talking about a World Athletics Championship bid. They're even talking about an Olympic bid. It really has been the perfect host. I remember we were in Glasgow in 2014. They had the slogan, People Make Glasgow. Well, the people of Birmingham have made these games as well. And if you are listening in Liverpool, who lost out to Birmingham to host these games, if you're listening in Leeds or the wider Yorkshire region, maybe if you're listening in London, even Norwich, if you're listening in Norwich, John, and you want something special, you want to enjoy some civic pride, then these could be the games for you. From Brum's The Word from Anything But Footy, it's goodbye from Birmingham 2022. We'll see you in Victoria. Podcast Network.